Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man in the Post weekend slash Premier League season review show. I'm your host Ali and joining me as always we have Sio Regan and Dave Black. How are we chaps? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, very good, thanks Ali. It's, it's been a long old season, it's finally come to head. Um, most places kind of were taken care of before the weekend, but the, really the, I'd say fight for fourth place, but obviously turned out for Dan Forth kind of moved around there. Um, overall, just a, a general recap of the season, how's it, how's it been for you guys? I mean, you, you know my thoughts on it, but obviously the no fans, the the VAR, all that, all that nonsense. How overall now that the season's finished, how are you feeling about it? Well, for me, it's been a weird one. Obviously, um, as a sort of season ticket holder, not being able to go hasn't been great. Um, I don't know. I, I, I parts I've really enjoyed it. To be, like the first few months, I thought the the season itself was quite good because of the no fans. It was quite unpredictable, and you had some some pretty decent games. But then. There's a sort of, from maybe January to middle of March, it just, it felt like a bit of a slog, really. The, the quality seemed to dip a bit. Um, and then it got a bit more exciting towards the end. So I, I think overall it's been a decent Premier League season, but I just can't wait until, uh, until I can go back, fingers crossed, in September. Yeah, Dave, for yourself? Yeah, it's, it's a past my expectations, I thought. Might have been, a bit, you know, it wasn't the best quality and the sort of, Spell when it came back towards the end of last season. Yeah, um, I agree with Sai completely that the first sort of end of season start September was it or October? You know, it was a late start. That until around around sort of the start of December um, was pretty good, and then teams started to get COVID and it got a bit. I wouldn't say silly, but the, the, it was a definite drop off. I mean, certainly for my own team, my own enjoyment, we were decent for a couple of months. Well, not, not great, but decent, and then I think we wouldn't. So like two and twenty over Christmas and February and such like, so that was less enjoyable, and then it did pick up towards the end in every sense. So, um, but I think we can all agree the last couple of games where there was fans back in, it made all the difference in the world. Like it was it's like what a different sport. Yeah, it made such a difference. I mean, you, you noticed that in a lot of teams' performances this year throughout throughout Europe, here in Scotland, obviously Rangers kind of ran away with the league. That not purely down to no fans, but having no fans for them helped because there was no negativity around the ground. Whereas Celtic were so far off, and now they, they were nowhere near as good a team as Rangers this season anyway. But they because they've been so used to winning, their fans are so much behind them that the amount of times they would get last minute winners or equalisers, you know, and, and boost the points, and, and I feel that would have been the same. In England, where Man City, who are used to no fans, being like, <laughs> I know it sounds like a dig, but their stadium is fairly quiet. Their attendances are rather low for the size of the stadium, so it's not really affected them compared to, I suppose, other teams in the league and in Europe. And their performances really have shown that. It kind of took all emotion out of it, didn't it? I think 
the sort of, as you say, the, the Man City in particular, you know, you'd say that the team with the best resource and the best players ultimately were, ran away with it, which isn't a surprise. It kind of <laughs> kind of goes against what you know the Premier League's always been about, which is being fairly unpredictable to a degree. I mean, you know, don't get us wrong; it's mostly the top teams who do do well. But um, you know, it, we've had some decent seasons recently where you know, the, I think Liverpool won obviously great for you, Ali, and then we've had. Um, you know, Man City and uh, the year before that went right the wire. So it was different to previous seasons, but um, it's it's been salvageable, it's been watchable. Um, I think we're grateful it happened rather than not happened. Certainly, I, I know I would have been yeah, no, lost on a weekend without it. So it's, oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, so I think go, we could... going back to Sunday, as I said at the start, um, although it's a, it's the weekend review show, but I, I don't think I think we're all in agreement. We don't really need to cover all these games. Um, obviously, the the league. Was was sewn up a few weeks ago. The bottom three was sewn up again, pretty much about the same time, I believe. Um, so I will quickly run through the games. We will talk about obviously the three games that actually mattered at the end, and then bring up any points from the weekend if, if you fancied. So on Sunday we had two 0 Arsenal at home, uh, two 0 Arsenal at home to Brighton. Then we had uh, an away win for Newcastle, Dave at Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leeds finishing the season strong with 3-1 win over West Brom I believe they finished 5 out of 7 wins or 4 out of 6 wins something like that which is incredible um, Man City with a 5-0 win at Everton 1-0 Sheffield United um, against Burnley 3-0 West Ham who again capped off a wonderful season just a couple of, couple of bits they faltered in or they would have made top 4 and then a 2-1 win for Man United away to Wolves um, and then obviously the three games that we we can we can talk through. We had Aston Villa, Simon, with a nice home win against Chelsea. Uh, Leicester losing four to to Spurs, and then Liverpool, who somehow miraculously finished third this season, uh, <laughs> with a two 0 win in Crystal Palace. Uh, where do you want to start? I'll come to you first, Simon, since your team was right in the mix of this. Yeah. Um... A brilliant end to the season, really, for us. Obviously, we uh, got the 2-1 win away at Spurs in the midweek. But, yeah, we... um, I mean, Chelsea, you know, dominated possession, as you'd expect. They've got much better players than us. But I think the big thing... Well, there were two big things that I think as to why we won this game. Uh, One, Jack Grealish is back and has a number of minutes under his belt, so was pretty much match fit. And also, we had 10,000 fans in the stadium, which... You know, as we sort of alluded to earlier, it it just makes such a difference. You, you think without them sort of driving the team forwards and getting getting them over the line, you know, Chelsea probably would have won that game. Um, yeah, like I said, I think Chelsea dominated the ball in the first half, had a number of chances, but didn't really test Martinez. Um, you know, to, to making a, any anything special save wise in that first half. And Birch and Troyore, decent finish to be fair, well worked routine. I think he maybe scuffed it slightly, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it looked nice anyway. And then we, we got a penalty, and well, Garzi, yes, tenth league goal of the season for Old Garzi. And I think in terms of minutes played this season, it only equates to like 17 games overall. So it's quite a, that's quite a bloody decent return to be fair for a mid-table winger. Um, and then Chelsea, as you'd expect, with you know the result, the way results were at that time in that game, they were uh, you know they're out of the top four, so they they came out as quite strong, pulled one back, but then again, for their possession, I only really remember Martinez having to make one 
very good side in that guy. I think it was from Ben Chilwell trying to get a second goal for himself. Yeah. Um, he, he got across the goal really well to uh, save it with his legs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chelsea sort of faltered their way into it, didn't they? But from Villa's point of view, considering sort of how we'd fallen off in the second half of the season, it was it was nice to finish with those two results against two of the, uh, you know, the so-called European Super League Big Six teams. Um, so, yeah, it was just a nice way to end the season off for us. Yeah, I mean, Dave, any more to add to that one? And then, obviously, the Leicester Spurs game. Yeah, I mean, we were so close to what I would call the best case scenario, which would have been, you know, Chelsea finishing fifth, but um, <laughs> Casper ended up punching one of his own goal, which uh, kind of ruined that a little bit for Leicester. Um, I mean, I can't really add to what Sai said, Orville. I didn't, uh, kind of didn't know where to look on last day of the season. It's, it's great fun, but you, you, you have to kind of pick a game and watch it, so I was in and out of a lot of games, but um, I watched the last half hour of, of Leicester and. Uh, they just, they just imploded, didn't they? They, uh, say the own goal went in and then they had to go for it and leaving, leaving themselves exposed against Son, uh, Fresh Bale who came on, I think, and obviously Kane. Um, it was always going to end in tears and, um, it's a shame of them. I mean, I'm not sure Ali, you don't think it is, but, uh, <laughs> I think, I think they've been in the top, I think they've been in the top four for something like 36 match weeks out of 38. They were 30, 33 last season as well. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, was it when they lost to Chelsea last Tuesday night? Was not that the first time they dropped out the yeah, top yeah. four? Yeah, came out. You just, I mean, we kind of, we said a few weeks ago, didn't we? Well, I think most of us were fairly convinced that they'd, they'd finished in the top four. And, you know, to, to bottle it once last season... You can maybe forgive, especially sort of the circumstances of when, you know, the project restart with no fans. But to bottle it again, especially like, you know, this last game, and you've got your own fans in the stadium as well. And Villa have done you a favour by beating Chelsea. Like, just, I think that might take a, that might take a lot to get over, to be honest. But I mean, maybe the FA Cup win may sort of, make it a bit more palatable to take, but, I mean, what an opportunity blown. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm hearing all over, like, the media and, it, and the internet. They would obviously, at the start of the season, would have took fifth place in a cup win. Um, I, I'm not sure 100% sure how much I agree with that for a team like Leicester, who now have high ambitions now. I believe the top four is where they need to be to keep the, the finances <laughs> with the other big six. I can't believe I'm classing Arsenal and Tottenham as big six. <laughs> um, so I do think it's... I think this season more than last season. Last season it was just really... I'm sure they went on a really bad run of form from Christmas. Um, whereas this season, it was genuinely just last week. We were in the top four. And we said it, as you said, Simon, I'm sure it was just three or four weeks ago we said, and even I had resigned myself to say, that I think... It was the Newcastle day, wasn't it, game, Dave? Yeah, yeah, it was. The blew it for them, really. Yeah, pretty much. That's all they had to do. Win that, and it was done. And obviously, they, they imploded there as well. And yeah, just, Brendan's a fraud. He's, he just, he really, he's a really good coach. I take nothing away from him there. He just doesn't have what it takes. I mean, that might be harsh, but he, <laughs> uh, he's done, like, so, so much good work. And I say, like, 
those teams when they won the FA Cup, they they come around, you know, once in a lifetime for some clubs. I know we said, you know, not all the fans are going to be there to enjoy it, but at least they had some fans there to enjoy what was you know, probably the biggest day in their history so far. Oh, not, not history. Oh, wait, the league, work, but, um, no, exactly. Um, and it was nice for them to have, you know, that 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 time. Um, whether they'd rather have that or the, or the Champions League, I think that they're, they're so well situated. They're going to get another shot at the Champions League. You know, I know we've talked about Arsenal and Spurs there, but those two those two clubs need almost major surgery to even get the Leicester's level. Um, that, that's you know, I think Leicester have got themselves a a great little squad there, which is full of young players as well. It's not like they've got that many aging players there. I know obviously Vardy's the big one, who's who's the next one to go. But um, you know, the rest of the squad could be together for five, five years quite easily. So, so on obviously, you know my, you know my thoughts on him, and I've kind of tipped him for the for the Spurs job, which he's two hundred percent ruled himself out of. Do are you still in the, the, the thinking, both years, that he'll stay at Leicester again for our season? I, I'd um, imagine so. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't think he'll want to go um, unless one of the major major clubs go in for him. And as I say, I don't think. I don't think Spurs can offer him what, what Leicester can. Um, I don't think Arsenal can right now. Um, maybe in a few years if they sort themselves out. But unless, I mean, obviously he's not going to go back to Liverpool. No, I don't think he's going to go to Man City anytime soon. Yeah. So unless the Man United job comes up, which I think a lot of managers would struggle to turn down, yeah. um, I think they'll be at Leicester for a while yet. Mm. On the Man City one, just. I know it's completely off talk. Do you think if Pep wins the Champions League this year, he stays next season? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He seems really happy, um, which is bizarre because he never seems happy. <laughs> These last few months, he seems to be like a different man, like, he just seems cheery. I think he he seems to be enjoying the challenge of. Like having to do, you know how Alex Ferguson when he was at United, he he had he built like a team that would be great for two or three, four years maximum, but then he he'd have to rebuild it. And Pep's never really done that, but he seems to be enjoying the challenge of sort of rebuilding another great city team. You know, the, the Aguero's obviously gone now. I think we should have you know special words on just how great he's been. But he sort of when you think of the the spine of that team over the last decade, really. The, the company, Torre, Silva, Aguero is sort of the last one of them to go. And I think Pep is, uh, he sort of, seems to be, as I say, relishing the challenge of, of building like a new spine of a team to, to dominate for another six, seven years. Yeah, I, I can't believe you've just mentioned Pep and challenge on rebuilding a squad. Must it must be so hard for him? <laughs> Fifty million every time he blinks his eyes at a new player. Um, yeah, I think you're right. We need to. We'll definitely come back on Aguero. Um, well, quickly. I mean, obviously the last game that was involved in that top four, and who after Leicester losing to who did Leicester lose to midweek? Oh no, it was the Chelsea Leicester game. It was a draw. That's what it was. Um, or did Chelsea win that? Chelsea won that. Yeah, Chelsea won. Yeah. So basically Liverpool were basically, it was all in their own hands, all they just had not to do was lose to Crystal Palace in the last game of the season. Where have we seen that before? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a fairly comfortable routine 
2-0 win. Alisson made a really good save earlier on. And Sadio Mane decided he was a football player, finally, for the first time in 38 games this season. <laughs> uh, would have been interesting if Andros Townsend decided the same, because he had a, a great chance. When oh, he God, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he put it wide, and that's probably why his contract hasn't been renewed yet. Crystal Palace, I mean, again, we'll, we'll definitely have to cover them when we just talk teams in general, because that's a massive job for them. But um, yeah, Liverpool obviously jumped to, to third place, which I think a couple of weeks ago none of us could have predicted that. Um, I think it meant to be made that they might have sneaked into top four, but to jump all the way up to third, only five points behind the, the mighty United um, this season. Um, better goal difference than I think all the top five bar City, which is ridiculous considering the defenders we've played. Um, but yeah, so that that's the final three. I mean, how surprised were you? Obviously not from the final game of the season, but obviously we missed last week. So just over a couple of periods of times, was 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 this close to what you were expecting coming into the last game of the season? Um, I think I, I, it's hard to say. Was I expecting it really? I I didn't think about Liverpool. Obviously a few weeks ago, I think I don't think any of us really thought that they would sneak into that top four. But then just the way some of the results have gone over the last couple of weeks, that the last minute winner, uh Alisson's header out away at West Brom. I know I can't believe we know, did a podcast that night <laughs> when, <laughs> when when the goalkeeper's coming up and scoring a ninety fifth minute bullet header, you know that that team is going to finish in the top four, don't like it just everything would just seem to be falling in the right place for them. But even I, even with Leicester losing at, at Chelsea, I didn't see them losing to Tottenham purely because obviously Villa beat Tottenham that midweek as well and Spurs were appalling that day. I mean, we played well, but they were shocking. So I, just, uh, I couldn't believe that they would go and win at Leicester. I felt like before that Villa game, Harry Kane stood in the dressing room and told me he was going because they all played like yeah. absolutely devastated. And it's full time, like... Kane might as well have uh, been carrying a coffin with like the Spurs logo on because he was just so downcast. I, was, yeah. I think we had a chance, and um, I mean Leicester probably should have won really, but uh, it all started to go wrong towards towards the end there. But um, I think when we did the prediction a few weeks ago, or a couple months ago now, I think we all expect Liverpool to have a strong end of the season because your fixture list was so kind compared to what it had been. Um, I suppose the only strange thing that happened was was Allison scoring the goal. You know, you won a lot of games that kind of expect you to win, um, with the exception of possibly you know winning at uh, winning at Old Trafford, which they haven't done for for a little for a little while. Um, again, you know, you were perfectly cap- capable of doing it. When you drew with us, I thought you'd blown it. To be honest, I thought you needed every point you could get. Yeah. Um, but somehow it worked out. <laughs> Thanks to the. Thanks to that goalkeeper, as, as you both mentioned. Uh, again, I can't believe you missed that show. Uh, the first time I was excited to talk about Liverpool since January. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't record. Yeah, you, I mean, you just you, perfect segue there. Obviously, I've just posted uh, the the final league table there. Um, and obviously, you mentioned uh, the predictions we did maybe a couple of months ago, Dave. So we did, obviously, myself, Ross, uh a few chaps, and then obviously Guy Drinkle, who's appeared a few times, did the little prediction. So we will start with Dave's. We will go your top four, Dave. So you had City and Manchester City, obviously winning the league. 
which you got right. You had Leicester in second, Man United in third, Chelsea in fourth. Um, so you got two right, bang mm-hmm. on, and then obviously one right, but in the wrong place. And for your relegation, you got it, bang on. Um, Phil, Sheffield United, West Brom, and Fulham. <laughs> Apart from one person, obviously, which will come on in it. <laughs> I think we all pretty much predicted that that bang on, Dave. Um, I think your only surprise might have been really. I'm just having a quick glance over your table. No, Arsenal were seventh. You had that. Leeds, you had Leeds in Leeds in eleventh below Villa. Not far off being actually fairly accurate in, in places, Dave. There's not really... I think you had Newcastle on 17th only just just surviving. Obviously, you, with the results near the end, shot up to 12. So that was a fairly accurate um, prediction there, sir. I will, oh, uh, thank you. I will retweet these out for anybody listening who wants to compare it like side by side. I'm not wasting for me time by going through everybody's <laughs> table. <laughs> So I, I will retweet them again, but yeah, Simon, City first, perfect, United second, perfect, Leicester third, um, which lets you down, Chelsea in fourth, which is bang on, Liverpool in six, Simon, um, time to find a new co-host for next season. <laughs> and just to Rob Salton and Dave, as you remember, he also had Newcastle in that third relegation spot, with Sheffield United somehow getting to 19. <laughs> <laughs> Prediction. Uh, anyway, uh, prediction bottom. Well, I would say with that, obviously, I let my West Brom hatreds blind me. <laughs> and with the Newcastle one, in my defence, I think we did this after their game at Brighton. Now, I don't think anyone could blame me for thinking that they were going to struggle to stay up. It's no surprise that me and you have suffered through Steve Bruce and had us finishing, you know, 18th and 17th. Like it's not exactly a, not exactly a yeah. word of confidence for us. I mean, I, I genuinely don't know. Well, no, actually, I was going to say I don't know which I'm more surprised that Liverpool finishing third or Newcastle finishing 12th. But I do know how how Newcastle have finished 12th. I will never understand because that, just, that doesn't make any logical sense. <laughs> no, it really doesn't, does it? <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll come on to the boss man's anyway, who had Man City again, same same table as yourself, Dave, in top four. Uh, actually, exactly the same. I think you and Ross might have been cheating. Man, <laughs> Man United and Chelsea, again, Liverpool in six. Fuck you, Ross. Um, with Chelsea <laughs> United. Um, where do you have Leeds finishing? Above Villa, so it's alright, you got that one right, Simon. Well, I mean, we'll come on to Leeds once we've, once we're going there, when we talk through the teams. Um, oh man, Guy, right, so Guy, obviously a fellow Liverpool fan, spot on with the bottom three again, and his top four was Man City, Man United, Leicester City, and Chelsea, with Liverpool in fifth. What a, call himself a Liverpool fan. <laughs> um, and then, for my own was Man City, Chelsea, Leicester City and Liverpool. And then obviously predicted the bottom three. Perfect. And I, apart from Man United, yeah, I, I had Everton in seventh, so I went, <laughs> went <laughs> I think that may be a perfect place to start. Like, obviously, that's the, the prediction tables. We, we pretty much, yeah, none of us were pretty good apart from the relegation. Um, let's start at Everton when we talk about seasons. Because they have to be very disappointed with their season, Dave, finishing 10th in the end. Yeah, it's remarkable, really, when they win the European chase until 
maybe two or three games to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they just kept uh, bottling games at home, which they really should have won. Um, to finish 10th, having invested, you know, not, not an insignificant amount in the summer. Um, I wonder if they get off to a bad start next season, how long Ancelotti will be there. Because uh, I think that's... You know, you always get teams who sort of finish a season badly and they start the oh, following yeah. season in, in, in a similar slump. See, mm. Sheffield United. Uh, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as bad as that, but um, they just seem like a very very boring team, don't they? Like, they don't... Uh, for the talent they've got, they don't exactly score goals freely. Um, he's got a lot... Uh, he's got a bit of a conundrum to try and figure out how to get the best out of the, the players he's got there. Yeah, it feels like there's no... There's no plan, you know, no structure. A bit like the criticism we always kind of throw at Arsenal, they've got no identity. And obviously that's what Ancelotti was brought in for, um, Simon. Yeah, um, they've had it's a really weird season that they've had in a way, because you look at their Y form, it's been, oh, like, it's been pretty incredible. fantastic. And then the home form, but it, it's, some, it's some of the teams that they've lost to at home, some of the performance in, you Part of you wonders, is there an element of, uh, because the fans aren't there, that, that has, that's affected them really at home? Because I think I'm sure I've heard Ancelotti say in the last few weeks that they, they're more of a counter-attacking team. They're not going to have much possession. So away from home, even though there is no fans, like even so, still away from home this season, they, they will kind of sit back a bit and, and then hit teams on the counter-attack and... Um, obviously being at home but not being able to do that and then they haven't had their fans then to try and spur them on a bit but no, it's a, a really disappointing season I should say when you look at some some of the players they've got available and the start they had to the season as well I mean to finish finish 10th it's, it's pretty pretty poor when you consider their outlay over the last few years just good I mean good off them I mean any apart let's say apart from Calvert-Lewin because he's probably much for me, the only one who's really stood out this season. Is there any other player that's impressed you this season? Dave, will come to you for that. Ben Godfrey's done well. He's obviously got himself in the Provisional England squad. He's played all, I think, pretty much all across that back four. Um, so he, he can be quite happy with himself. I still like, you know, Dini, the left back. He's probably yeah. the, you know, the best uh, source of assists, if you like. Um, but I think that's kind of the problem for Everton. They've got an awful lot of central players. Um, they don't really have any out and out wingers and when, you, when your main threat is you know, Calvert-Lewin in the air yeah. you're relying on your full backs getting forward and towards the end there you start playing wing backs which probably helped for a little bit but I think there's always going to be a stigma of playing you know, three centre backs at home to you know, like a, a, a team who you should be beating like it's just quite it's perceived as being quite negative isn't it so um, I think when you've got three centre backs and Alan um, it's probably a bit overkill isn't it so he just needs to find a balance um, and probably someone who can cross a ball who's not, you know, a Wobie or Bernard or, <laughs> you know, all these other players who have tried out wide, which it just doesn't work, does it? Yeah, anyone for you, Simon, sticking out? Um, no, 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 not really, other than the ones we've said. Um, I thought Michael Keane started the season pretty well, but seems to tailed off a bit, really. Um, Richarlison, he's a frustrating player, he is, because he shows flashes. You, you can see there's a really talented player there, but he's just not consistent enough for me. Um, I mean, Decore's done well for them, actually. I think he was injured for 
for a bit of the season. I think they missed him in the middle of the park. Um, especially, well, you can especially see they miss him when they play Andre Gomez. I, I don't understand how he gets any minutes. I honestly think he's one of the worst footballers I've seen in the Premiership. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why he plays, but, um, yeah, I think a bit of work to do in the summer. They need a clear out, don't they? Um, they probably do this more often than they need to, but, um, I saw someone, Boston, you know, Everton have got the, the best centre midfield options outside of the top two or three. It's like, you've got the most. It doesn't mean they're the best. Like, yeah. So many players who play in those positions, and some of them just aren't aren't up to the task. Um, I say they've just got a massive sort of imbalance in the squad. And Richarlison's, I don't know his best position is, and he's been here. He's been in the Premier League for about five years now. Yeah. I think he finds himself as a centre forward, but I don't think he. It, there's not many teams play two up front anymore. Um, you've got to kind of have the right. The right system to do it, and if you've got two up front, you never really need supply going into them, and uh, that seems to be the problem. You know, Sigurdsson is getting on a bit, he's, he's, he's been brilliant in the Premier League pretty much throughout his career. But, um, can you play him with you know two strikers? You're kind of getting a bit top heavy in the middle there. Rodriguez, similar, um, you know, not really your, your typical winger, so. I, I don't know what the best team is. I don't think I'd like to know what the best team is. So there's plenty, plenty of work to be done there. Yeah, no, so right. So another team who's been very disappointing this season overall, not to watch, but very kind of, very confusing and very dis, um, disappointing in the word. I don't know how how to describe them, but Brighton, Dave. <laughs> I mean, where do they go next year? Like, I mean, they've got to stick with. I mean, we discussed it the last few weeks that. Literally, Graham Potter can do nothing more. Really, he he's clearly doing his job right. Um, do you see them investing much in the summer? I think they need they need a goal scorer, and we you know we've said this. I think everyone said this throughout the season. Um, but where do you get one? I mean, we've already said you know they've tried buying the best in the championship in Neil Mopey at the time, um, and he gets you know seven to ten goals a season, which is Probably fine if you want to finish 16th, which, I mean, is that Brighton's level? Is it, you know, can they, can they go any higher without spending massive amounts of money? They play a nice football, um, but it's not, it's not enough on its own, is it? I, um, I think they need to find a goal scorer, whether they take a punt on someone from, you know, abroad and, and you know, obviously don't pay the, the old English premium, which we seem to have attached to any players you buy from, uh, from English leagues. Maybe that's the way forward, but if they don't, I think they'll, they'll continually finish sort of between 13th and 16th because they they shouldn't go down with, with the way they play. But they're kind of relying on there always being three or four teams worse than them. If, if, if Brighton had Danny Ings this season, Simon, where would they have finished? Oh God, um, I think they'd have finished quite a bit higher up. I mean, I'm just looking at the table now. You look at their goal difference compared to everyone else, it's, it's only minus six, which I think just sums up exactly what they were saying. There's a, they need a goal scorer. I mean, they they play really good football, as we always say. They just can't stick it in the back of net. You're right, if they'd had someone like a, you know, a fully fit Danny Ings all season, I think they'd comfortably be mid-table. Comfortably. Yeah, um, right, Dave, we'll come, to, we'll come to your Newcastle next, obviously. Mm. Finished. Much higher than we kind of all expected. I, although, I, as I say, I, I did see just with the, that running once you got players back. But I mean, I mean, talk us over your general season. 
player that's player that's impressed me the most that's not named Callum Wilson. Uh, <laughs> talk about Bruce, obviously, and then obviously summer plans. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you lose two and twenty in the middle of your season, it's it's going to derail you. Um, I think there's finishing twelfth, fine. You know, if we'd finish, if we'd sort of been ninth and then sixteenth, and we'd sort of come to a finish in twelfth, you'd say, well, that's that's fine. But it's the fact that we had that, you know, such a long period of time where we were, you know, god awful, um, and Bruce was blaming everyone but himself. And I think this is what annoys people. And I think I said this the last time we recorded. You know, Bruce had the chance to go on. I think it was Talksport and say, well, you know, made some mistakes, we found a way to play it towards the end there, and let's, you know, let's move forward from it. But he didn't take, he just halfed back to being this harsh, he doesn't do character who, you know, deserves better, and he, he just doesn't. Like, <laughs> he he had the chance to pick, you know, different teams, different formations, whatever he wants to do throughout those 20 games, and he just didn't. Um, and I know we had a couple of injuries, but who didn't? Like, you know, every club gets injuries, so. I have very, very limited sympathy for uh, for what he has complained about. So, 12th grade, uh, I think we were 13th last season, so we've gained a place. That's despite buying Callum Wilson, it's despite buying Jamal Lewis, who lost his place in the team. Um, Wilson obviously missed probably maybe a third of the season, I think, if you, if you tally it all up. Yeah. Um, he's he's just on another level to pretty much everything else we've got. He uh, He's, he's too good for us. Hopefully he doesn't realise that, and hopefully his fitness issues mean he's having for a few years, a few years yet. But bright enough stuff in the back. Well, probably, I don't know. But if you uh, if you keep Wilson fit, keep that Maxman fit, if we somehow find a way to get Joe Willock back for another season, we'll be uh, we'll be fine. Because uh, I say towards the end we found a way to play that wasn't you know like scratching your eyes out, playing everyone behind the ball and just barely counterattacking. To be fair to Bruce, he found a way to get. You know, probably three or four of our best players up the top end of the pitch, um, putting the you know pressurising the team, not just sitting watching them pass the ball around. Um, and we actually attacked in numbers, and it was it was watchable. Um, and that's all it takes. You know, no one no one's really expecting to to happen overnight, but we were, for too long we were too passive. Where we sat back with you know this back five who wasn't really going anywhere and. Joel Linton stand up front on his own and it's just obviously not working. So um hopefully he's found found a way to, to move to move forward with us, but he um he'll always find a way to screw it up and it just seems to take one injury and that's the whole game plan out the window. So um it'll be interesting to see what he does. We've already, you know, apparently not gonna have much to spend in the summer, which is a huge shame. Um so it seems like Willa could be gettable for 25 to 30 mil, which for, for an English player of his age, I think that's, that's the golden rate. I think we should pay it, but we won't. So whoever whoever, whoever gets him will, will be getting a great little player on the hands because he scored in seven consecutive games for us towards the end, which is no main feat for you know not a, not now now striker. So um, he was a great addition, and you know already if he goes, we're, we're kind of back a level from where we finished so we're, we're always going to be playing catch up to even, to even hit, break even I think you might be lucky with Willick I just don't see many teams going to be willing to pay that for a player who's not not any signings guaranteed but I think a lot of the teams are going to be very cautious with how they're spending money um, so if there's another loan option available you'd like to think that he's enjoyed his time at Newcastle the way he's played the way he's finished um, getting on with teammates that you can maybe even seek in another 
another year's loan in there. They don't seem to want him for some for whatever reason. Well, no, well, the problem is like Arsenal will will want better. I think they already want to buy Odegaard for fifty million. Let's say I don't know what the price tag is on him. Um, I guess there's an element of you know Wilson fits uh, will fits now teams. We, we by the end pretty much give him a free roll and just said just to make things happen. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not too sure many of the of the top sides would accommodate him in that way. Uh, he's a bit of a known quantity as a you know your traditional centre midfielder, so. You're probably right. I'm not sure there are too many teams who would who be willing to pay that price for him, and I think he will just sit on Arsenal's bench, especially now they're not in the Europa League or anything next season. So um, I think it'd be good for him to come back, um, but we won't pay the price unless they're willing to loan him uh, or our favourable takeover finally happens. I think uh, that one might run in all summer. The drama will continue for yourself. Well, we'll jump one place in the league then, Simon. Um, to to Aston Villa, who obviously far the last couple of games had a very very tough time for the the previous couple of months. Um, I mean, it's been a great season overall for you guys, considering considering the season before. Um, and then obviously you'll be looking to, to bounce on next season. Obviously, we are a fully fit Jack Grealish. Yeah, um, yeah. The season overall, it's it's easy to let. That sort of two, three-month period, because it's so recent, sort of tells how good a season it's been. I mean, we've we've gained 20 more points than we did last season. Um, we've kept 15 clean sheets. You know, we've the progress has been unbelievable from from one season, you know, from last season to this. Um, I think what it has done is obviously it's just shown the reliance on on Grealish in terms of creativity. I mean, de- defensively we. We, we didn't really drop off as much uh, in those periods, of, uh, those games when he was out. But obviously, going forward, we, without him in that team, you know, it's it's clear for everyone to see just just how much of a difference he makes to us. Um, but next season, yeah, I expect us to push on again. Um, the, the owners that we've got are incredibly wealthy and ambitious, and I think. From sort of the bits and pieces that you hear from sort of local media and journalists around is that we're going to spend heavily again this summer. Um, Greenish, the the next few months are going to be annoying for me because you're going to have the media desperate to try and sell him all summer. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I I I don't see him going anywhere this summer purely because. Um, the amount of money that Villa would want for for us to sell, I don't see any club paying it. I mean, some papers are you know saying that he'd go for sixty, seventy million. Now people can argue as long as they want about how much they think he's worth. I for Villa, I don't think we'd accept anything less than a hundred million for him because he's that important to us. And as I say, the the teams that would be interested in him. I, I don't see them paying that sort of money for him. So next year, uh, with a fully fit Jack Greeley still there and a few more better players, I, I expect us to challenge that top six or seven next season. So, so yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a very interesting summer than you'd, I think you'd have to have. Um, but no, definitely capable. With some of the football we've seen at the start of the season, um, I just think, I think Dean Smith, Needs to needs to change slightly if, if he is missing 
realistic times. I've, I've said it many a time. Uh, I, I don't think Villa, even though the results say otherwise, are so much a one-man team. I just feel Dean Smith tries to play the same system and same same style. Without, yeah. And, and that, that, that can't happen. It would be like, you know... I don't know, it'd be like when Newcastle had Andy Carroll at his finest and they're putting the ball long to Dwight Gale, you know, and, yeah. and it's like six, six foot five centre halves, but it's just, I, I just felt like obviously the, the step off from whoever plays in Grealish's position was, was far, far too much of a gap. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the one, well, there's sort of two big criticisms that, that you can label at Smith. is one, substitutions he leaves far too late, but the other one is, like you said there, it's, it's four three three no matter what, and maybe yeah, look, well, like you say, if, if Grealish isn't there, uh, certainly with the current squad of players we've got, maybe you've got to look to, to change the system around a bit. Um, I think what didn't help was Ross Barkley doing a Ross Barkley, and you know he if he'd have carried on his early season form and stepped well, yeah. up, you know when Grealish was injured, then we maybe could have coped with that, but he just completely just resort, revert to type, didn't they? So I'm still only convinced he played in one game this season. The Liverpool <laughs> game, that was it. I'm sure I'm not, I'm not convinced he played in any other game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I will say about Villa, obviously obviously having yourself on the podcast gave me obviously much more much more interest I'm always trying to keep an eye on, on both you two guys' games because then it gives me more of a talking point obviously we both use and and I, as anybody who follows me on social media now, Aston Villa have the greatest club podcast. Um, club specific podcast anyway and the Villa podcast. It's just hilarious. Anybody who's not listened to it, go check it out. Um it's just it's just brilliant. Um well, who will we go to next, Dave? What, how about Leeds? Talk us through Leeds this season, because it's been fairly impressive, especially that run at the end. Yeah, brilliant. Um, it's weird, because obviously for a long time they were this sort of cavalier team who, uh, you know, will score more than you kind of thing, but towards the end they were, they were quite sound defensively as well. Yeah. Um, obviously they got the centre-backs back in the team, which was tremendously helpful for them. Um, I'm quite excited to see how Leeds go next season, because... In theory, they should only improve if they sign more players. Um, I think it sounds like Jack Harrison's going to stay as well, who very quietly had a, I think in, in fantasy football terms, he was maybe the fifth or sixth highest scoring midfielder, which oh, really? yeah, which is no main feat at all, um, given you know some of the midfielders in, in our in the league. So, um, I say very quietly, kind of caught on that on the rails there as uh, as a really useful player. So. Um, I think uh, you know Bamford surpassed everyone's expectations, uh, especially yours, Sai. I know yeah. it's a, I know it's a, I know it's a sore subject, but um, I think if you know Rodrigo, I know Ross hates him, but it seemed to me towards the end of the season he was starting to find his feet a little bit. Maybe he was adapting a bit more to the league. Um, I think if they get a couple more players, and they could do great things. Still, this took a Bielsa as well. Yeah, that's key, isn't it? The Bielsa signing because he only does one year at a time, doesn't he? So yeah, um, yeah, keeping him on. Ross put in the chat today. I don't know if anybody seen that he reckons Leeds only need two players, which is quite a bold statement. I feel for a team like Leeds because you'd have thought you'd <laughs> you know two or three at a time and try and almost. You would imagine their, their goal is obviously to try and break into the European places within. You know, three or four seasons or so, especially with Bielsa at the helm. But uh, I mean, Simon, they are a bit of a, a touchy subject. Leads for yourself, obviously, <laughs> and then you're you're better the same. But I mean, you can't help but be impressed with them this season. 
No, you can't. I mean, I, I think what, what, in terms, you know, just touching on uh, why I might not be overly keen on them, is, is I think a big part of it was, I, I think especially at the start of the season, I think they were massively overhyped. Now, don't get me wrong, they've done very, very well, but they're being better to newly promoted teams. I, I think it was, maybe it was just because they're such a big team that have been out of the league for so long. Um the excitement and praise just got a bit too much, but that doesn't take away from how well they have done. And, you know, you, you do have to remember as well that, yeah, they are newly promoted teams. To finish, and for any newly promoted teams to get a top-half finish, you know, you, you've, got to, you, you've got to take your heart off to them. Um, I think next season will be an interesting one. Uh, I mean, has, has Bielsa actually... Has he actually officially agreed to stay on yet, or is it just nope, people yet. saying we 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 expect him to stay on, but he hasn't actually done it? Yeah, I think it's just expected. I'm not sure how his contract works. I'm not sure if it's one of those, you know, it's that rolling one year, yeah. or it is like year to year. Because I mean, which will come on to a segue. Well, well, I think we'll move on to Spurs next. But obviously, Spurs are without a manager. For me, Bielsa's not been talked about enough here about going about Spurs even being interested. I mean, what's your, what is your thoughts on this, guys? And I mean, I, I, I think you'd be stupid to go to Spurs even from Leeds that I get right now that are in a much better position and in general. But I feel Leeds is a more exciting project to continue with than, than what Spurs would be doing. I think his way of working works better with players who have something to prove. Um <laughs> He's obviously managed at the very top level, so that might be a stupid thing to say, but if he went to Spurs now, there'd be a lot of the players there who wouldn't buy into let's go running for three weeks, whatever it is they do for pre-season. Um, whereas when you've got a young, hungry squad like you know these Leeds players who hadn't been in the Premier League for 15 years as a club, whatever it was, um, and now players who are playing the Premier League often for the first time, pretty much all of them, I think. Yeah. Um, if they've got someone like Bielsa to look up to, and they'll you know they'll hang on his every word. Um, I think some of the more established Premier League players, international players, whatever you want to call them, I don't think they would be as keen to uh, to put those extra yards in. And I think that's probably a stigma that's attached to him as a as a manager. He's he's also getting on a bit, I think. Which again, I don't I don't think clubs tend to go for older managers now because they look at the long term project and all this kind of stuff. But um, I think he's he's brilliant. It everything he does is great. Um, it leads to looking at him. No, yeah, 100%. Um, we'll, just, we'll just go on to uh, Spurs just in general then. Obviously, you would imagine they're looking for a new manager in the summer. Can't imagine Mason staying on. Although, I think they should maybe keep him on as an assistant because uh, I'd imagine they've got high hopes for him you know, later down the line if they keep him on as, a, as an assistant or a, a high-up coach where he can continue to, to learn from somebody more experienced, Dave. He just seems like a whingy little bitch from what I've seen of him. Like he, just, <laughs> he just seems to be constantly upset about something like you really feel the <laughs> I know <laughs> but and he's like 29 and yeah. seems to be you know talking like he's been in management forever which you know probably fair play to him for taking it taking it on like that but uh, it's hard to judge on how good he is I don't know if uh, uh, Spurs' youth teams up to much like have they really excelled under him I, I don't know enough about him to say if he's a long term fit for them but uh, I'll be I'll be delighted as a neutral if he gets the job because they won't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain that they won't appoint him permanently. I don't think they can either. I don't think he's got the, the qualification yet, has he? 
Uh, no, he's not. No, I don't think so. Not for because they are they they are in Europe, aren't they? They they made the Europas. They made the uh, old Conference League. Yeah, so certainly could manage in that anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, obviously Spurs have had a very disappointing season. Obviously, Jose being sacked. Whilst I think it's probably the right decision overall, I think the timing of it was god awful. Um, right before a cup final. Uh, I mean, I take it we're all in agreement that it looks like Kane's Kane's off now and it's going to be a almost a, a fresh rebuilding squad for whatever manager comes in, Simon. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we, we all expect Kane to go. The, the issue is that it's, I think he's got three years left on his deal and Daniel Levy is he's not going to let him go for cheap. You know, we all know how how he can, how awkward he can be in negotiations. So I, I don't know if it's an absolute given that he's gone, but I think he he might push for a move. So assuming that he does go, it's a it's a tough task. Then I mean, you, you look at the table and they you, you see oh they only finished five points off fourth, which on paper doesn't look you know doesn't look too bad really. But I think they're million miles away from the top four at the moment. Um, they, I think whoever whoever goes into that job. I think, assuming that Harry Kane's leaving as well, has got a really, really tough task. I mean, I've always quite funny how um, on their last game of the season, Kane and Bale, you know, looks like a really nice little partnership, which, which they're not going to have next season. So they too um, might have the partnership, but just might not be in the white of Spurs. It might be in another white colour. Who knows? Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I'm sure was it. Was it Tottenham that I saw the other day that Roberto Martinez is in talks with? He's, yep, he's favourite for the job now. Gee, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you two think about Martinez, but I, I think he's a real fraud. I mean, when you call Brendan Rodgers a fraud, I think Martinez is. I, 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 I do not get it at all. And if he if he managed to land himself that job, then his agent is a is a very very good man. He's the type of guy who like he must give a great. Aid. Interview, you know, like, yeah, like I imagine like Big Sam who must used to give like big good interviews back in the day because he'd have, you know, he'd have the PowerPoint out and he'd have, <laughs> he'd have all like the keywords like promo and things like that, and people were like, ah, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> With Martin, it's like, right, everyone is a wing back, and that's like his <laughs> entire game plan is just like, how can he get as many as many wingers on the pitch as possible? Um, and it's like at Belgium, he's done well in that. You know, he's taken a side full of the world's best players to third in the World Cup and top of the <laughs> ranking, which no, which no one cares about. Like, if he if he left today, you'd say he's done an okay job. Like, you wouldn't say he's like hot property. Must get him, must get him in immediately, because like, he, he's done what's expected of him, and that's about it. Um, if they won't win the Euros, that's a different story, because you know I think that is a big thing, winning winning a, a, a big tournament like that. But but will they? <laughs> um, I, I agree with Sai in the sense that I don't think he's cut out for these top-level jobs. He certainly hasn't done an awful lot to prove it, has he? Well, ask Everton fans. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean they, he was the Brendan Rodgers of Everton, wasn't he? He had them, what, the fourth with a couple of games to go, I seem to remember. Like, <laughs> Lukaku running wild. And then they absolutely bottled it towards the end. So, Some of his signings for Everton were um, a lot to be desired for. I mean, he did sign Lukaku for them. Which obviously worked out incredible for them, um, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting summer for Spurs ahead. Um, I I do think I for me think Keane's gone. I think I think he knows something that we don't. 
think there's too many rumblings coming around him, and I know he's not said it himself, but he's almost I did, that. I, I did, did laugh when he said, "I'll leave on my terms, and not Daniel Levy's like." <laughs> you must have met Daniel Levy before now, surely. <laughs> I think that there's, there's almost something in place. Yeah, well, I think um, yeah, the point Dave you mentioned earlier um, after Villa beat them at, at their stadium on their last home game, you could just tell from the way Kane sort of came out and you know sort of waved into the fans that it was very much the look of a man who knows that that, that was his last game there as a Tottenham player. And I feel any team who wants to sign him is going to want it done before the Euros. If he goes to the Euros and does really well. That's only added money. <laughs> yeah. I can see any team who want to sign him trying to get it done in the next, what, three weeks before the Euros? Does it even that so, yeah, I think it'll wait. I think it'll wait after the Euros now. I think uh, it's too close and they'll want to focus on the tournament and they'll sort his future afterwards. Yeah. Because, as you say, it's not like he's in the last year of his contract and he's got to make a decision. Like, if someone wants him, they're going to have to stump up, you know, whatever Levy demands from him, which is not going to be a small price. Um yeah. And if, he has to, and if he has to stay at Spurs for another season, I'm sure he will. <laughs> but um, for the sake of his career, he's got to go sooner or later, hasn't he? Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. Um, where do they go next? There's no point talking about some of these teams. Um, Chelsea's an interesting one. Let's go to Chelsea. Taylor, Taylor two halves. Um, but my, my big question has two. Now, he's definitely improved them because they didn't have a manager before. They had just a person in charge. But has he been <laughs> that impressive? I think if he'd asked us three weeks ago, I'd have said yes, but his, um, his copybook has been somewhat plotted over the last few weeks. He's uh, <laughs> thrown in some stinker results. Um, I think it started with like a 0-0 with Brighton, and then they lost at home to Arsenal, which is unforgivable, and um, <laughs> lost to Villa, Villa on the last day. Which is really lost to Leicester in the cup final. <laughs> <laughs> lost to Leicester in the cup final. Um They'd finished fifth. Imagine the pressure on them going into this, this weekend's Champions League final. Like, that would have been incredible. He probably would have been up against the keeper's job if they'd lost that. They <laughs> go from like, like absolute god-tier management from where they were to absolute loser, complete. Just <laughs> and he's not got a great record in finals uh, either. So it would have been, yeah, it would have been something to be... No, I mean, it would be, it'd be very brave to bet against Man City this weekend, given... You know, the form they're in relative to the form Chelsea are in. Yeah, um, yeah, Simon on on Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I think the, the point you made about Tuchel is it's an interesting one because I think certainly the, the improvements in Chelsea from you know when they had the PE teams in charge to when he came in, <laughs> obviously you know it's, 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 it's quite an improvement. But funny, like about a week or two ago, I was chatting to my mate, a Chelsea fan. I said the same sort of thing. I said, it's not like he's gone into a squad full of shit players and got them, you know, <laughs> playing beyond their level. You know, that, that's that's a squad that at the start of the season should have won the league. Yeah, it wouldn't have been unreasonable to say that was just the strongest squad in the league. So it kind of, you know, get, get getting that squad into the top four. I don't think that's. And I'm not saying this to sort of undermine his managerial abilities because he's obviously he's obviously a good manager and, and has got them playing well. But getting Chelsea into the top four is nothing to write home about. Like that should be the bare minimum from that squad of players. 
I, I genuinely believe, like, if Steve Bruce had took over from Frank Lampard, or, or Harry Redknapp came back, or Sam Allardyce, they're getting the same results because they're actual managers. I'm not saying Frank might not be a good manager long term, but the job was just too big for him um, just now. Uh, and also, I wasn't keen on the two-call appointment. But he went on a little run, and I'm like, all right, okay, maybe eat some humble pie here. But then ultimately it levelled itself out. And as you mentioned, Dave, that had Leicester not had Brendan Rodgers in charge, and they didn't bottle that last couple of weeks, Chelsea were out the top four here, and they were knackered. Because as you say, you've got to favour City going in to Saturday night's game, Sunday night's game. Um, And then they would have had like no Champions League, no FA Cup final, no FA Cup win, no Champions League next season. It would have been like such a disappointment for them. It would have been. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a real shame that it hasn't happened, but uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, as you say, that's, that's quite a player that is, is far too good, but it's another one where I don't really think he knows how to get the best out of it yet. He, um, like, Werner is like a man possessed, except for staying on side and scoring <laughs> goals. Like, like, he does all the hard work. Like, he's, you know, he's a type player you'd love to have in your team in that regard. You know, he's always a, like a nuisance and a threat, but he doesn't seem to be able to score. So it's a bit of a problem for a striker, but. I think he's. I think he's obviously got it in there somewhere. He just needs to uh, find the reset button. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to look through the table. There's not really any teams that stand out. I think that are really. I mean, West Ham. I'd say we've covered a fair bit week to week. Get another bit of praise. Just I think David Moyes has done a really good job. I think. They, I think ultimately, if they look at the table now, they'll be very disappointed with how they handled certain games in the last couple of months. That they only finished two points outside the top four. Um, because uh, I, I think Moyes will be gone by Christmas. What, as in sacked? Probably, yeah. I think I think they'll obviously they'll probably not get Lingard back because he sounds like he's going to have better offers. I think they'll struggle with the demands of playing Thursday, Thursday, Sunday, uh, and I think they'll be probably the bottom five by December, and he'll get sacked. Old prediction early. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, United. I, for me, I, I know they finished second in the league, guys, but I, I, I just don't think they've been good all season. I can't tell you a game that they've been brilliant in. They, they just, I don't know. They just seem to be there. I, mean, I don't know if any use. Apart from penalties. Well, let, me, let, me, let me give you a scenario. Like, what situation would result in Solskjaer getting the sack? Because for a while during his time in charge, they've been you know nowhere near, and Pochettino was available. Yeah, uh, they went out of the Champions League, you know, in the group stages. Now they're playing the Europa League final as we speak, so we'll see how that pans out for them. Um, they've been you know as low as they've been in my in a, probably in our, all our lifetimes, I think, during the last couple of years, and he hasn't been sacked. Now obviously they finished second in the end, which you know f- fair play to them. Around, but so many of those games went bang average for a long time, and then yeah. they get they get a penalty or they get you know a bit of a bit of magic from somewhere. What what scenario would result in Solskjaer losing his job? Like, I, I was thinking of this before. Like short of like finishing outside the top four, and I don't know, like exiting all the cups very early on. Like 
he always seems to have like something to cling on to. Like he makes a final of something, or you know, it just, it just seems to be like kind of back himself into a corner over, over what their expectations are. I, I think what you just said there, if they finish outside the top four, I think that that would probably lose him his job. But I think he's what's, what he seems to have had the knack of doing is he they'll go on like a, a bad run, but it, they never go on one quite long enough for him to get the sack. You always think he always gets down to that game or game or two where you look at it and you think oh, he needs to get you know four points from these two games, and then he goes and wins both of them. He, I don't I don't know how because it didn't. You watch him play, and as we've said week on week, they don't seem to play well, but they seem to win most of the time. Um, you never look like they've. It never looks like they've actually got a plan or a set way of playing. It's just it's constantly relying on either a dodgy penalty or one of those front three or four players just producing an individual piece of brilliance. It, it, there's there's no cohesion or cohesive attack to their play. There's no style or patterns of play that you see when you watch them. So. I just, I mean, like we've said it. I think, I think I've said it every single week. I don't understand how they're second, and I still don't understand how they're second because, like you say, I, I couldn't, off the top of my head, I couldn't pick out one game where I've looked and thought they played. Maybe Man City away. Um, that's the only one I can think of where I looked at and thought, God, they, they actually look a really decent team here. But every other time I've watched them play, it's just boring. No, I, I agree completely. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking down the table at other teams that were worth talking about. I mean, I think we covered Southampton quite a lot, and they're running again. Burnley as well is too much to Dave's dismay a lot of the time. Um, I think Wolves are a bit up in the air, especially with Nuno leaving. We're not quite sure what's going to go on. Crystal Palace almost the same guys. They've got a big summer with with the amount of players out of contract. I mean, anything that stands out there worth mentioning or. Um, well, I think, like you said about Palace, they've. It's, I'm really, really interested to see what what they do this summer because you know, obviously Roy Hodgson leaving is you know Roy. I think we should. Oh, well, we kind of have really, haven't we? Really, over the last few months, sort of mentions admiration for Roy Hodgson, the job he's done at that club. You know, just keeping them a steady Premier League club. Yeah, I really don't. I'd, I kind of I'd worry for them, depending on who they bring in next season and what direction they want to go. Because they tried changing their style up before with Frank De Boer, and that that went disastrously. So if they're going to try and do that again, they they've got to get the right manager in and make sure that they get the right signings in to replace all these out of contract players. But I, I think they could have I think they could be in a bit of trouble next season. Yeah, Dave, any thoughts on them? <laughs> Well, your mate Lampard's a bookie's favourite for the job. Um, if he goes there, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll find out a lot about Frank Lampard for certain. Um, I think if they keep hold of Zaha, they've always got a chance because he's, you know, he's, he's pretty much dragged them through some, some tough times. Um, you know, if he was to go for whatever reason, or I, I know Eze has got a big injury now as well, which is big disappointment for him because he's been very impressive, but. They've got a huge rebuilding job to do, and uh, they've got to pick the next manager wisely. I'm, I'm not sure someone inexperienced like Lampard is really the way to go. 
Yeah, I mean, right, well, I suppose I better talk about them slightly. Um, Liverpool will cover here then. Um, I, I don't understand how to talk about this season. I have no idea how we finish third in the league. Um, I, I genuinely believe Leicester and, and Chelsea should really be so embarrassed um, considering. Um, but if you split Liverpool's season into, into three, if you do the first 10-11 games, the second middle half and then the last 10-11, Liverpool were first in the first third of the league and form-wise. We were 17th in the middle and we were first at the end of the season. So I think <laughs> that kind of tells you where, where my hatred for football came and, <laughs> um, and where our season went wrong. But um, we have an incredibly big summer coming up. Um, I'm not convinced it'll happen, um, but we made top four and let's just wait and see. Um, a special shout out to to Trent for the way he finished the season for me, Alison for all he went through personally, and obviously that header was just was just like that. It's what I think, Dave. I think you put a tweet out about knowing better than a goalkeeper scoring. It is the it is the best thing in football, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Yeah, well, for me it happened like two weeks in a trot. Uh, our home team, St Johnston, had put Rangers out the cup with their goalkeeper <laughs> scoring in the extra time as well. Um, and then obviously Allison did it a week a week or two later, so it was just like that double feeling of goalkeepers just going up, as you say, just so enjoyable. Um, and then we'll, we'll come on to Man City. I mean, I don't think there was much to say. They, they had the near perfect season. Um, they won the League Cup like they always seem to do now. Um, obviously, they finally got their Champions League final. But I think the story of the season is I think one. I think it was yourself that highlighted earlier. Obviously, that was Aguero's last game for well. We're, we're assuming he won't start in the Champions League. He's not. He's definitely not on prep starting list. He might come on as a sub. But so he's made his last Premier League. I think he's got the record amount of goals for one club in the Premier League now. Um, yes, he does. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I was trying to think. Surely Shearer has that, but Shearer's on black. No, nah, I was. It was Rooney. He overtook because she was split across Blackburn, Newcastle, and probably Salamon as well. I think maybe. Yeah, so I mean, for me, I, I know you picked Shearer, Dave, but for me, Aguero was the best striker I've seen in the Premier League. They just, I thought he was for the minute he's come into City to the days left, he's just been impeccable. And I really think City until this season really struggled with with the injury side of him. But I mean, I mean, what can we say about Aguero, Dave? Just that, that ten, I think it's ten years he's done it. It's not ten, it's nine. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. He scores all types of goals, doesn't he? Um, he saw his, his goals here. You know, one was a fairly impotent sort of uh, outside of the right foot finish, and one was a you know bullet header, which for a man of his size has no right to do really. But um, it's just just great movement, isn't it? Um, it'll be a miss to the league, but um, Pep's kind of been phasing out over the last year or so. I, th- I feel anyway. So. It's not like we'll, I don't know, they obviously haven't felt the impact because they found a way to play pretty much without a striker. Um, but yeah, he's got a Barcelona, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had Suarez had to go Madrid this season. You know, if you're playing a team and making enough chances, he'll score tons of goals. So he's not finished by any means. We've seen that, uh, and I think he, he could probably play on for a couple of years yet. Yeah, is he? Does he go down as City's best player? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, I think company missed too many games through injury. Um, but he'd probably be second, and then David Silva, probably 
probably just the purely because company was the captain, but it's you know the three of them, as you say, have been the spine of that yeah, sort yeah. of success yeah. um, they've had. So. It's how I sold off for myself. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean Simon, I come to you and Aguero as well, but I, I was like looking for the team and talking about it. So obviously, obviously set up both his goals as well. I believe at the weekend. Um, and obviously, so once Aguero obviously leaves, Fernandinho is kind of like that last of that initial kind of not initial crop because obviously Fernandinho came in later. But it just shows, as you were mentioning about Pep's like rebuild sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like sort of covered it really already with Aguero, just how great he is. Um, I, I agree with Dave, but I think he he probably could have played on for for another year or two in the Premier League. Um, so you suspect, I mean, I know he hasn't played much this season. City have managed to find a way of playing without a recognised striker. You'd expect with letting him go that they would be lining up someone to come in to play that role uh, more regularly. Um, and yeah, so Fernandino is sort of, yeah, not one of the initial players that came in, but he's been there quite a while now. He's you know, probably the last remaining of the sort of older guys of City players um, so but uh, and I think that'll probably be his last season next year you'd imagine I think he's getting on a bit so I think it'd be I think it'd be an interesting summer for City I think I did Pep say a few weeks ago that they, they've got no money or, so, or they can't afford to spend big money which we all know is bollocks but I, I think they they might they might just go again with, with another couple of big signings. I know they spent quite a bit last time, obviously, on Diaz and Ferran Torres, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them go and get another, maybe two big money signings in this summer, just just to keep them keep them ticking over. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's the best way for City to do it now. Maybe one or two high-profile signings, followed by maybe a couple of young ones. And try and, you know, kind of keep refreshing the squad that way. But um, I think it'll be an interesting summer. Obviously, the, the massive talk is on Kane. But for me, I think you're getting uh, Haaland probably cheaper than Kane. Well, less in ankle injuries. <laughs> <laughs> so I think me and you discussed it the other week, Dave, didn't we? About obviously Kane's almost like a no brainer as such because you know how he's going to perform in the league. But. Uh, I think obviously Haaland's one of like a, a generational talent that might be just be worth the money on. Yeah, I think I think Pep would prefer Haaland because he's younger and he can sort of mould in the way he wants to play. Like if you get Harry Kane, he's going to play the way Harry Kane plays. I can't. I mean, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure Pep will try, but <laughs> Kane scored an awful lot of goals playing the way he does. I'm not really sure he'll want to change that much. Um, if I was Kane, I'd. I'd want to go to Man United, given given the options available. I think if, uh, what he'll get out of playing in that team is probably better for him. You won't have to sit out every other game either, which he'll hate, because he'll just want to score all the goals in the world and break every record going, which he's got every chance of doing at Man City, but he also will miss out a lot of games or play 20 minutes here and there when he's kind of been rested and rotating and all this other stuff that seems to go on in Pep's mind. So um, that's, that'll would be where I would go if I were him, but uh, who knows... Yeah, no, that's that's fair. So that's the the end of the season um, as we as we went through it there. I mean, any any lasting thoughts there before we go on to our award section? <laughs> I'm, I'm, personally, I'm pleased it's over. Um, <laughs> uh, it's 
I just want to get fans back in and get some sort of normality back. Let's have more games back at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. I don't want them all on telly anymore because it's it's diluting the brand a little bit. The table's, you know, never constant for more than an hour before the next game started or finished or something. And it just, let's go back to a bit of normality, please. Um, yeah, to be honest, like, I can't really add much more to what Dario said there. Just looking forward to, you know, hopefully being getting, getting back into the whole end and, uh, cheering on my man Super Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the awards of the season. I put up a, a little list in the chats. I don't know if you guys had a few thoughts about it and obviously your your nominations. So I'm going to start with a nice easy one. Let's just go for team of the season. Um, I mean, it's got to be Man City, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you cannot really argue with, you know, two trophies, possibly a third. Um, semi-finals of the other one. Um I know other teams have kind of performed well above their expectations, but Man City have been incredible from start to finish, pretty much. Yep, uh, perfect. Well, congratulations, Manchester City, on the Man and Post team of the season. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it means the world to them. I was going to try and. It's the, best, the, it's the big one, isn't it? I was going to try and create so we all got to choose our te- actual team of the season, but again, that could be one we maybe do just on a separate show. We can we can go over and pick our 11s, um, maybe we with three subs, how we would. How we would pick a team, um, of just how they performed this season, um, see if we could do better than Gareth Southgate, going to end up doing. <laughs> right, Simon, I'll come to you first. I think it's going to be very predictable for you. Your game of the season in the Premier League. Oh, now this is going to shock you, but well, for my... I, I just want the game <laughs> result because I didn't want you talking about any longer than you have to. Game of the season: Aston Villa seven, Liverpool two. Right, fuck you, Dave. Uh, what's your game? <laughs> <laughs> People are going to think I'm sucking up to you here, but uh, I was, I've gone for Liverpool winning 4-2 at Old Trafford. It was a game that I actually just thoroughly enjoyed from start to finish. It was just a nice open game of football. Both teams going for it. Um, six goals. Um, uh, I suppose a, a narrow defeat in this one was um, Tottenham and West Ham drawing three each when West Ham scored three late goals to equalise, which is just a, a good story. But yeah, I'm going for that one for me. I have actually went for it purely because it just kind of cheered up my day before Arsenal Villa ruined it. Was the, <laughs> was the Spurs, was it 5-1 against United? No, 6-1. Six six one. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, I was in such a high when that game finished. Um, <laughs> enough, two hours later, um, it was well gone. Um, I was close to picking the Liverpool-West Brom game purely because of just the way it ended up. I, I, Obviously, VARs almost took the emotion out of football when you're celebrating. But when that goal went in, there was genuinely, like, I erupted in this house. Um, and obviously, all the Liverpool fans I spoke to in my WhatsApp group as well that we've got, they were all the same, which was just very unusual because we were obviously any, anything could, could ruin, ruin goals being disallowed this season. Um, so that game probably meant the most to me. But yeah, I think at the time, the game of the season for me enjoyed it. Just, it was just crazy with, with 6-1 Spurs. Um, well, speaking of goals, I'll come to you first, Dave. What was your goal of the season? Oh, um, what did I pick for this? I liked, um, again, Lanzini's equaliser against Tottenham in that three each because it was for the you know circumstances and the way he hits the ball, it goes in the absolute postage stamp. Um, that, was, that was my favourite. Simon, for yourself? 
so my goal this season, I went for uh, Eric Lamella's goal in the North London derby. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lanzini's goal was a great goal. And I think the reason I went for Lamella was because he was just so unique. You just don't see anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. great long-range goals. You know, they, they're great to watch, but you will see maybe three or four, five a season, like belters from outside the box. I've never seen a goal like that Lamella once in the Premier League, so yeah, I've gone for Lamella. Yeah, that was that was mine as well. Uh, a special shout out to is it Madison or the other one at Leicester? I think it was Madison against Man City. Oh uh, yeah, it was Madison. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah good goal. I, I just remember that. Yeah, and just remember kind of jumping off my seat. Um, but for me, it was Lamella. I just a, a goal that's just not. It's not the norm. Always kind of stands out for me. And obviously, obviously I'll then special mention, obviously, Alisson, just with the goalkeeper scoring. Um, just made me made me smile. Um, right. Worst signing of the season. Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. Worst signing of the season. Um, go to Sai. I can't remember what I picked this. Let me find my notes while you do a professional job. Uh, well, I've, I've kind of... I've cheated a bit and I've got two, but one of, but I'm sort of not sure if I want to go for one of them. So one was Kai Havertz. Not that I think he's a bad player, but I just think for the money they spent on him, he hasn't, hasn't really done an awful lot. But I think I'll probably go for William, even though it was a free transfer, he's just been abysmal for Arsenal. So I think I'll go William because I think Havertz has shown glimpses towards the end of the season. That's a player there. So yeah, William. Well, I, I'll I'll jump in just while Dave's still still looking. But I, I was between two as well, and William was one of them. But I'm not going to give him it purely because it wasn't for me. I'm looking for who's let me down the most as a boss signing, and William's done exactly as I expected. <laughs> This was just a very Arsenal signing. I, I am going to go with a Chelsea player, though, and it seems very harsh because he has actually played better than he's obviously getting credit for, but he was signed to be a striker, to be a goal scorer, and Werner's getting it for me because he's just not lived up to what was expected for, I, I'd imagine, on his expectations, and obviously Chelsea were basically telling us they had won the league as soon as they signed them, so yeah, Timo Werner gets my vote on that one. I've gone for uh, Rian Brewster at Sheffield United, who cost a fortune and scored <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously yeah. they got relegated, so, you know, Rian Brewster, Brewster wins, man in the post, worst signing of the season. Um, right, let's go to the opposite side of the scale then. Who was the best signing this season? Sai, I'll come to you. Um, I'm going to be accused of bias, but I'm going for Emi Martinez. I think the the transformation he's given our team, 15 clean sheets. This year, I think only Edison and Mendy got more clean sheets than him in the league. Um, for £16 million, pounds, you know, which I've said it plenty of times, I cannot believe Arsenal let him go to us for, for what turns out to be quite a cheap deal. Um, He's bar probably West Ham game at home that I can think of. I don't really think he's had a bad game and has made any mistakes. He catches the ball where so many keepers will punch and parry. He keeps hold of it. He's good with the ball at his feet. He's a commanding presence in the box. He's He's been such a big part of our transformation this season. So I'm going to go for 
for the impact that he's had on the team, Emmy Martinez. That's a fair shout, Dave, for yourself. It's hard to believe Martinez started the season as Arsenal's goalkeeper in the Community Shield. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long ago does that seem? Um, I went for uh, the boring option of Ruben Diaz for Man City. I think um, he came in at a time where Man City were rocking a little bit back there. Um, obviously, Laporte had been out last season and this didn't start the season great. Then Diaz came in and got a great partnership with Stones going and they, they kept a ridiculous amount of clean sheets around that sort of winter time where they went from 10th to 1st pretty much overnight felt like and they just didn't stop uh, so I went to him but um, I was going to give it to Sochek from West Ham but he was there on loan last season so it felt like a bit of a yeah. bit of a cop out but I think 10 goals in midfield I think that's, that's great for you know, it's, it's helped West Ham a huge amount to get where they are now no, I think that's that's completely fair as well. Both shouts, and I think I'm going to have to go with Martinez as well, just on the, the impact he's had. Uh, I think a, a special mention needs to go to the loan signing of Willick and Wilson for yourselves, Dave, as well. Just like the impact that they guys had. Yeah, I mean, without Wilson, we would have been relegated, and I think without Willick, it would have been very close in the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, I think those. I, I wanted to give it to Diaz, but. I, it's unfair of like put him out personally, but I just, I, well, City, I, they definitely improved defensively. I think that's just down to how bad shows how bad they were because they still weren't great. Um, come near the end, but yeah, Martinez maybe just pips. I just think, as you said, Dave, how Arsenal have let him go. I think this is the more surprising thing when you look at what Arsenal left themselves with. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> uh, might be the. Just, just the best transfer that a team could have done. Um, most disappointing team of the season, Dave. Let's come to you first on this one. Um, I say it's funny because I'm going to say Southampton, which is odd because in the top of the table for a bit of time, but to fall off the way they did, I think, was very, very surprising indeed. Um, Sheffield United we kind of expected because they finished last season so poorly, but Sheffield with Southampton. Haven't you know started so well? They just totally fell apart, and obviously shipped nine again, which is unforgivable. So, yeah, I'm going to go Southampton. Simon, Uh, I had Southampton and Everton um, jointly. I I couldn't separate either of them. I think both of them, from the starts, starts of the seasons they had to how they finished, um, yeah, just really disappointing. Probably more Southampton actually, because I had really high hopes for them because I, I, I really enjoyed watching them in those first few months, and I thought I liked their players. They, they were a team that a neutral could enjoy watching, and yeah, the way they they fell apart in that second half of the season, I'd have to say they're the most disappointing team. Well, well, I was torn between three, two which you guys have mentioned: Everton, Southampton, and Brighton were another one for me. Um, just purely based results based, but as you both kind of went down the Southampton route, I think it's only fair that I go down the Southampton route as well and give them the <laughs> the, the most disappointing team of the season. Then, um, first manager to be sacked, Simon. Let's go to you for who do you reckon will be the first manager to lose his job next season? Um, going on the managers currently in their positions, I would say Ralph Hasenhutl if. If Southampton don't have a good start to the season, I think he could be in a bit of trouble. But I would say 
it kind of that first match to be sat. So I think it really depends on who Crystal Palace go for. Because if yeah. if they go for someone like Frank Lampard or someone of that inexperience and it doesn't go well, the rebuilding job, then I think they could be gone pretty quickly. So I'd say Hassan Hoots at the moment, but depending on who Palace get in, it could be their manager. Uh, I'm going to go with whoever Watford's manager is because Watford, <laughs> and that's what they do. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard question with uh, so, so many of the clubs obviously still will appoint a manager, but um, yeah, I think I mentioned uh, Ancelotti earlier. Yeah. I think a bad start and he might be in a bit of trouble. Uh, as I mentioned, Hasnut, which is totally fair. Uh, Watford. I'll be surprised if their manager even makes it the start of the season, to be honest. It seems like the type, of, the type, of, the type of thing they do is just replace them. <laughs> uh, I think the, the award definitely goes to the Watford one now that you've mentioned it. I'm going to go in out of the box one, one that Simon will be shaking his head at, but I'm going to go Dean Smith. Um, I, I just think that, I don't know, I just think Villa, if they improve on their manager, I think they can push up higher than they can with him. Um, so let's just go a little bit out of the box one and, and see how close I am next season. Obviously, I'll be hoping it doesn't happen that way because that means they've, they've started fairly. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I, I just think a manager, even of a Rogers ilk, uh, even a, a Graham Potter, as much as some folk don't say, I just I, I think there's an improvement there in, in Dean Smith that... Could could boost Villa without even having to sign players, but yeah, let's see on that one. Um, right, young player of the year, and I have stated they must be under twenty three and be in their first or the second season playing. I don't want one of this like Trent Alexander Arnold, who's been playing huh. sixteen, played in two Champions League finals, getting young player of the year. So, uh, I mean, Dave, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, can I give it to Joe Willock? <laughs> um, uh- does he count? He must count. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he can't have he can't have played many more than twenty twenty five Premier League games, surely. No, I wouldn't have said so. I, I, I mean, there's, there's probably others who you'll you'll mention over the course of the season, but for an, for an impact for a young player between say January and well, we're going to be on the last day of January, um, he equaled a club record for goal scored in consecutive games. I think it's you know. It's a remarkable achievement for someone of his, of his relative inexperience, so I'm going to be biased on this one and give it to Joe Willock. That's um, completely fair. And Simon? Um, I'm going to go Wesley Fafana at Leicester. Um, and to be fair, had he not got injured, I'd have given it to James Justin at Leicester. He continued oh, yeah. at the way that he'd been going because he'd been outstanding. But... Um, I, I think for Farnham, who's why he's 19 years old, I think is he? Or he's only just he only turned 20 this season. Um, you know, for a young centre back to come in and play as as well and look as assured and composed as he has, and he, you know, suspects he'll only improve. I, I think he's had, had an excellent first season in the Premier League for someone so young in that position. Yeah, that's completely fair. I'm going to go for maybe a little bit more obvious. Um, I feel like it's maybe cheating slightly because I don't know actually how many how how much he's played in the Premier League as such, but he's produced some incredible goals. I think he's set to be incredible in the future. He's he's good enough to be starting more than he is, and I'm I'm going to give it to Phil Foden. Um, and I know he's played probably well. He's been in and out the squad over a couple of seasons, but this has been his first season where he's really been 
like a first teamer, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, I got, got the tail end of a debate on Twitter between your mates um, from the, the, that podcast. What do you call it? The Liverpool podcast. Um, Adam on. Who sorry? Is it Anfield Index? No, no. Um, uh, I'll come back to us. But anyway, um, he was arguing that Mason, Mason Mount should be the young player of the year over Phil Foden because he's played played more and arguably had more of an impact. And I was by the end, I was finding it very hard to disagree with him. Well, I agree, but I just wasn't sure how old Mason Mount actually was, and I couldn't bother checking. Um, Mason <laughs> Chelsea's best player this season, like hands down. Um, he's, tw- he's 22 years old. Okay, right there you go. So I, I, I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, so going on, going on my route. I mean, he's not been. Last season was maybe his first year in the Premier League, wasn't it? Because he'd been on loan. Yeah, 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 it was. So, yeah, based on that, then yeah, Mason Mount's probably the young player of the year, and I think it'd be hard to argue. I mean, he's he's been for me, he's been Chelsea's best player. Um, he's been their most important player, certainly. He's definitely grown. I think we had the discussion at the start of the season. I was just sick of hearing about the the, the arguments trying to compare Grealish and Mason Mount. Let's just enjoy both of them. You know, while we've got them almost. Um, yeah. Different yeah. players. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that back. I retract Phil Foden. Fuck you, Foden. Uh, <laughs> for, for me, um, yeah, it's a, that's a really good, good shout there, Dave. So, we'll go on to the big boys player of the year then. Uh, let, Simon, let's come to you, Phil. Who's your player of the season this year? Uh, I've gone for Harry Kane. Um, he's finished top goal scorer and top of the assist charts yeah. in a Tottenham team that I think, you know, we've <laughs> been pretty critical of all season, saying they haven't played particularly good football, especially under Mourinho for that middle part. You know, they were so dull to watch. So, to... To finish, as I say, top scorer and top and top of the assist charts in a team like that, I think is uh, is pretty special. So I've gone for Harry Kane. Yeah, hard to argue there, Dave. Uh, no, I, I, I can't argue with that. As you say, when he's top of the goal scorer and top of the assists, probably top of the fictional average ratings. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, it was for me the only other player who could keep come into question was Gundogan at City. I, I think he's been phenomenal this season. Um, obviously played that massive part in winning the league, getting to the Champions League final. But, um, yeah, Harry Kane. Harry Kane I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, everybody knows this. But, yeah, top goals for our Golden Boot, top assists, and a really struggling Spurs team. Just shows you where, where would Spurs be um, if, if Harry Kane doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> And then lastly then for the awards, um, Manager of the Year. Um, ah, Dave, I'll come to you first. Do you give it to Pep or is, is somebody more deserving? Uh, no, I'm, I'm giving it to Pep, um, as boring as it is. I, I thought you can have Team of the Year without giving the Manager the, the manager of the Year as well. Um, you know, Honourable mentions to Moyes, who I think has performed above and beyond um, what you'd expect. Um, but Pep overall, you know, Especially if he wins the Champions League this weekend. I mean, that's that's game setting match, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think had Dave, for me Moyes made top four, I would have gave him it over Pep just because of how bad City started. Um, City were ten points behind Liverpool at the top of the table um, at Christmas time. Um, 
and then obviously they've went on their run since then, whereas West Ham had been that consistent. But they, they really did bottle it the last couple of games. So, yeah, unfortunately, Pep has to, has to definitely get it, and, and rightly so. I mean, sign for yourself. Uh, yeah, I'd have gone Pep as well. I, I agree with you. I think had West Ham got a top four, I'd have gone for Moyes. Um, I think a special mention I'll give out to Bielsa as well because yeah. I'm not sure if any other manager would have would have kept that squad of players up as comfortably as he did and would have got the, uh, would have got out of Patrick Bamford what he did. Um, you know, there's there's a few players in there that you look at. And at the start of the season, you, you wouldn't have thought they'd have been made comfortable Premier League players. So I think he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, but yeah, you, you've got to give it to Pep. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue there. Well, that's the end of all the awards, guys. Um, I'm sure all those these guys will be delighted to receive them. <laughs> they, they will never see. Um, we might even get a, a special video message from them all. If they could take their time out there, their busy lives. For, uh, for us. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, sorry, are you watching the Open League final? I am, yes. But I'm bearing in mind I'm 10 seconds behind you. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. Well, I'm just, it's like, it's been the best penalty shooter I've ever seen. That's like, it's just, it's just been like, <laughs> just, well, Luke Shaw's penalty is poor, but it goes in, spoiler. But, uh, <laughs> but the rest, just absolutely unbelievable penalty. It's currently nine all for those keeping score. Put it on. Well, just just briefly then, Dave. The last award goes to yourself, um, who won our betting corner season um, with oh. a plus plus eighty something pound. I'm not going into it because me and Simon were both shite. So um, <laughs> <laughs> finished on negative money, and Dave actually finished the season on a positive. Well yeah. done, Dave. Well done, sir. I think I won one bet. Just yeah. all that <laughs> <laughs> maybe two. Sorry, yeah. maybe two. You one to wipe. I won one. One to the negatives and one to bring us into a positive. And that. <laughs> so um, we shall start that again next season. We'll start from the very beginning. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, minus three hundred and eighty come the end of the season for me. <laughs> <laughs> Far off at this time, Simon, so, so <laughs> one has to go in. Um, I don't know what else to, 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 to go on. Um, yeah, season overall, as I say, we're kind of glad it's over. Glad it happened. Um, well done to Man City for, for their league title. Um, yeah, look forward to, what is it, Watford? Who won the league? Norwich. Norwich, Norwich Watford, and then either... Brentford or Swansea, is that right, for the playoff final? That's correct. So, yeah, I'd say three new teams. One new team possibly to talk about, because Watford and Norwich just, just seem to go up and down whenever they, whenever they feel like it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we're all Brentford, surely. Let's get Brentford up this weekend. Yeah, I, I kind of want Swansea. I still kind of got a little soft spot for them from before. I quite enjoy watching them play. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Brentford up either. I have no... I've no affiliate affiliation to them. I'd rather just walk or stay down, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that brings us to the end of the season. Um, I mean, we could do this off air like professionals, but let's just have a general chit chat. What's your? Do you just fancy doing a couple of random shows sporadically over the course of the the summer, maybe when any when the window opens or 
Yeah, definitely. Why? Why not? I mean, we've got the Euros to come. I'm sure we'll be doing something for that. I don't know if the boss man's uh, put a plan in place yet, but um, I'm sure we'll be doing some some fun stuff. I can I can blag my way through the Premier League, but I'm not blagging through something that I absolutely cannot stand. Um, and David De Gea just missed a penalty and cost Man United the Europa League. Get out! <laughs> oh, as if he wasn't hated enough by United fans over the last. I mean, to be fair, even like even the Villarreal keeper who took the pen found the top corner. Like it was, yes, it was an outstanding penalty, wasn't it? Hit the keeper one. Absolutely. I, I, I know we're a Premier League show absurd. here. Can we give a um, special mention to the the former Premier League manager there, who just throws out the Premier League? <laughs> um, it's not a European trophy. You know that trophy that Arsenal just can't win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Emery must have won five Europa Leagues now, is that? Or yeah, absolutely ridiculous like that. Goodness me. One, no, it's just not six, isn't it? One's five at Sevilla alone. I think he, I think he made five finals, but he lost one with Arsenal. But right, that, yeah, might, it might be it. No, absolute nonsense. I can't remember, but either way, he is he is good at Europa League. <laughs> you know the best bit of that is Alberto Moreno just did his little stupid dance. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you think your night's gone bad? David De Gea's been consoled by Lee Grant. I mean, that's going to be a conversation <laughs> for the age. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Anyway, before this goes off, here and Ross listens back to this, thinking, "What the hell are they doing?" Let's hear uh, <laughs> something. We can, we can carry on. Um, it's the end of the season, Simon. Is there anything? for your Villa podcast to plug or is that all over with? Uh, no, I think we've uh, got a end of season review coming up in the next few days and we'll be doing stuff over the se- over the summer with Villa make any signings or sell anyone so if any Villa fans that's the whole cast podcast um, so yeah just keep your eyes peeled for that and see what comes out and it's at Sio Regan isn't it on that's correct yeah and Dave, for yourself, what champion exploits do you have going on? Uh, so we've got the CM Cup starts on Monday the 31st of May, so see how Ross gets on against uh, 23 other champ managers who have got the teams together. Um, that's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun, so see how that goes. We've got a blog every day for two weeks and then having a little, a little holiday during the during the Euros in the summer just to recharge our batteries. Um so there, that's that's the main focus for, for me. That's on Twitter. That's at cm nine seven nine eight. Or the website is uh, cm nine seven nine eight dot co uk. And you can find us at Man Enforcement on all your social media platforms. Um, this will be your last regular, obviously weekend review show. I'll try and get the boys back. Maybe once every two three weeks, we'll get some sort of some sort of show. We'll talk about different discussions. Just enough to keep keep a podcast coming into your feed. The Thursday night guys, I'm sure, will be back still fairly regular, as Dave mentioned earlier. The Euros obviously start. I think it's three weeks time. Um, where obviously Scotland and England. I will not be part of the Scotland team, so they could find somebody else to. <laughs> not on because I'm not wasting my time. Um, so we will bring you. Uh, no doubt a lot of uh, Euros. I think they always do. Ro- you don't use Dave when the World Cup and the Euros are on, I think. It- sure, if, if the, yeah, for the, for the World Cup, I think we did every night. 
Um, different people, obviously, but yeah, we had a show on every night to go out the next day, more or less. It was it was good crack. Yeah, we'll get something like that along. Obviously, even if I need to jump and record and edit those, we will make sure you have your Euro feeds. Um, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, any little quirky pods, might even bring a little quiz show back over the over the summer. Uh, man, uh, eleven piece of me will be back. I might finally get Ross to appear. And we'll do the 11 Pieces of Shit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Cy and Dave have got um, 11 players that they can choose from their own team as well. So we will get these to you soon. So um, as I say, just keep interacting with us. Please like, share, retweet, um, five-star ratings and review. Even if you don't like us, just lie. It's easy done. Um, but thank you very much for listening, guys, for the whole season. I mean, without the three of you who listen, um, it, it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> us doing it. Thank you to Dave and Simon for joining me this season. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks Ali and I suppose we should thank Chris as well for the early weeks. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back even if it's just for the, the odd show and, and kind of, yeah, get a, wee, get a wee review show at the start of the season. But anyway, thank you again for listening. Thank you very much for joining me and always remember, keep your man in the post. Mm-hmm.